hidden treasures of the 119th Psalm. It is so good to be back, and I am so grateful for you tuning in today, as I feel bad that I've let everybody down for well over a week as I was suffering with COVID, but um, my second time having it, but I'm so delighted to be back and how fun that we get to start out right here in, in one of my new favorite letters as we're beginning the verses on the letter Psalmic. And this is the 113th verse that we get to do today. But as we just talk about the letter Psalmic, you know, it's, it's one of those um, that actually through this psalm, I learned so much about the letter that I couldn't find anywhere else. But the study of this and these verses um, gave me understanding that is um, really a treasure to me. And so the letter Psalmic, if you were to look at it, it looks like a zero. And the idea of that in so many different ways is the idea of infinity. And uh, you even think about the, um, uh, the number of the letter is 60. And 60 is a building block of so many different things that we live through every day. Like it takes 60 seconds to make a minute and 60 minutes to make an hour. And the idea of this amic that 160th um, of something uh, is called nullification. We'll get into that a lot as we talk about this letter. But the idea of it is unity in so many different ways. And so we'll just jump right in here because this first verse is going to be the wisdom. You know, as we talk about always that this template that God gave us in uh, Isaiah chapter 11, where he goes into these seven anointings. Well, we know that each letter uh, is God and each letter is Jesus. And so we get to see these anointings that um, Isaiah described here. Uh, in Isaiah 11, with the first one being wisdom. So what is the wisdom of the letter Psalmic? And, and this was very challenging for me, and this really got me to think a lot and, and to understand this, because this verse, the very first word um, <laughs> is not a, a word that's easily translated. In fact, um, the Jews themselves have all sorts of uh, strong arguments about what the word actually means. But we'll just read the verse in English, and we'll get into it. So verse 113, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. So here's this idea of unity. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, how does this, what is, how is this the wisdom of my understanding of unity? Um, to hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. And if you look at some of the translations, you'll see that they're talking about a person that they hate, and other translations, they're talking about thoughts that they hate, and people that break off and those kind of things. Well, when you look deeply into the word in Hebrew, you'll see that one of the translations of that word, vain, is broken off branches. And so when I saw that, um, I was, you know, what is it that the psalmist is hating here about broken off branches? And I just thought, and I studied, and I looked you know, is this a thought or is this a person that he hates? And and what does this have to do with the idea of unity? Well, <laughs> it was so cool that um, at the same time we were doing a Bible study um, in our neighborhood. And so that particular week, 
we were studying John chapter 15. <laughs> God's timing is always so amazing to me. <laughs> and so, you know, here I am trying to figure out, oh my goodness, what does this mean, broken off branches? What does this mean, broken off branches? And then when you look at John 15, you, you might recall that the first verse is, you know, I am the vine and you are the branch. <laughs> and all of a sudden it hit me like, oh my goodness, what, what the psalmist is saying is these poor people that have broken off of the vine, right, that are out of unity. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's just really beyond sad, but it's clear that these people that have broken off the vine are very divisive, and, and they, you know, cause all sorts of separation problems, and they want to break up churches and all this stuff. And, and so you can't help but wonder, like, you know, here is clear why he would hate that. But then what, has this, what is the wisdom of the psalmic that would give you understanding of thy law do I love? Well, when you think about it, <laughs> you know, the law gives us a place where we can come together in unity, right? That, that it's, a, it's a common vision. When we get the idea of what God, it is, what God has given us, then we, it's a clear thing that we can come together in unity. We can come together in unity around the Bible to say, well, we know that the Bible is true, and so here, how can we all get on the same page? Because that is the power and the wisdom of the psalmic, which will, you know, the neat thing is we get to spend <laughs> eight verses studying this concept of, of this particular face of God that is the psalmic. So, as always, I, you know, I want to share a story that I think is extremely relevant, that I... Um, when I was a young man, as you might imagine, like a lot of young men, I had all sorts of ambition to be a, a great car salesman or a great um, uh, general manager or even a dealer in the car business. As that was uh, my father's aspiration for me, and I wanted to impress my father like so many boys. And so I was driven, no doubt, to be a great salesman. And one of the things that you do is you study and um, – one of the things everybody said you need to read is the um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, <laughs> which is a, a book on salesmanship, really. And, and, but it's in so many different ways. Napoleon Hill was a life insurance um, uh, owner of a company, and he was training all these people in to sell life insurance. And, and so his idea here was, and he wrote this genius. It was a tremendous book, and the, and the Think and Grow Rich has got so much more to do, so much more to do with the richness of God or the richness of relationships. Uh, <clears throat> the book is a treasure. But in the opening, he had this genius paragraph <laughs> that changed my life in so many different ways. Because what he wrote was, he said, inside every chapter of this book is the secret to Andrew Carnegie's millions. And I'm not going to tell you what it is because your mind isn't ready for it until it's ready to accept it. But I've written it into every single chapter. He never comes out and says what it is. Uh, and when you're ready, you will accept it. You'll see it, that, and you'll clearly see it in every single chapter. So <laughs> I read that book, and I read that book. I don't even know how many times I read through that book. I was bound and determined that I was going to find out the secret of Andrew Carnegie's millions. But the millions that Andrew Carnegie <laughs> got had so much to do with inside the secret, which to me, the secret, if you could say, what is the secret that's in Napoleon Hill's book, knowing what I now know at my age, <laughs> the secret is the letter Psalmic. Um, 
in so many different ways. And this is the way he illustrated the letter Samic so beautifully in, I don't remember which chapter it was, but you can find the letter Samic, you can find this concept in every single chapter in the book. And it also, by the way, um, is the is the the wisdom behind the Tower of Babel. What happened at the Tower of Babel, what God did at the Tower of Babel um, was to break off branches, okay? <laughs> and so, and you can see the result of that was unbelievably horrible. So to get to the secret, what he, the way he illustrated it was a story by uh, about Charles Schwab, which Charles Schwab, I always thought he was some kind of investment banker, maybe he was later in life, but at this point in time, he was what they would consider Andrew Carnegie's most favored general, and he ran lots and lots of Andrew Carnegie steel plants. And so they had a plant that was underproducing and making steel, and it was like the lowest in the whole chain. And so he went in one morning right about the time that they were changing shifts, and as the one shift was leaving, he asked the foreman, he goes, how many pourings of steel did you make last night? with that being obviously what they considered to be the main thing they were supposed to be doing is pouring steel. And so the foreman told him seven. And so Charles Schwab took a big piece of chalk and on the middle of the floor, as people walked in and out, he put a gigantic right there in the middle of the shop floor, a great big number seven. <laughs> so you can imagine as this shift came in after the shift left, you know, what's with the big number seven on the floor? Well, um, <laughs> you know, they were like, well, that was the big boss. That was Charles Schwab, and he wrote that seven in there. And so what he did by just simply putting a number there is not unlike the Bible. He got everybody on the same page, like, let's keep the main thing the main thing. He just simply united them in a common vision on what it was they were supposed to be doing every day. <laughs> So as you might imagine, um, within just a short period of time, this was the number one uh, producing steel plant because, of course, as the one shift would come off, they would see, you know, eight, and they were like, oh, we got to do better than that. So then they would do nine and ten, and off you go. Or, you know, they knew if they only got eight and the previous shift did ten, you know, you're not looking too swift. But the idea is they now know what the main thing is, and they now know what that it is that they're supposed to do. So thus you get the wisdom, in my opinion, of I hate broken off branches, but I the law do I love. The wisdom of the psalmic is that if we could get on the same page, oh my goodness, what we could do, which is why God confused our language to begin with, because if you look in the story of the Tower of Babel, what happens is he said... If these people can keep this up, if they understand each other, they can do anything. In other words, they can really hurt themselves if they can get on the same page. And so he gave us this language that we struggle with to this day. And if you want to um, have some broken off branches pretty easy, um, just be uncareful with the words that you use. Obviously, James talked a lot about that with the tongue. So here we have, in my opinion, just a beautiful example of the wisdom of the letter Psalms as we'll talk about the understanding of that tomorrow. Thanks for listening.